I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from That Film Stew, and this is our latest review, Rebel Moon, Part 1, A Child of Fire. Directed by Zack Snyder, Rebel Moon, Part 1, A Child of Fire is the epic space opera film based on a story conceived by Snyder himself. The film is out now on Netflix, but if you haven't watched Rebel Moon, Part 1, A Child of Fire yet and you want to... Go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, I, I we are just going to say Rebel Moon from here on out, right? Cool, done, agreed. Make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. I'm glad because it really is the, <laughs> the longest. That was enough. The longest. The three time. times too much. <laughs> That's enough. And follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. So, Luke, what is Rebel Moon about? When a peaceful colony on the edge of a galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, Cora, a mysterious stranger living among the villagers, becomes their best hope for survival. Tasked with finding trained fighters who will unite with her in making an impossible stand against the mother world, Korra assembles a small band of warriors from different worlds who share a common need for redemption and revenge. So here we go. Zack Snyder's been all talk about this uh, this new universe franchise. He's going to kick off. He's got Netflix on his side as the the home of these films. Um, and as you said multiple times, this is part one of, I guess, what would be a two-part thing and then many more to come, I imagine. Um, but we know Zack Snyder has his style, his flavor, his, I guess, like his signatures, his tropes. This movie is, is a lot of Zack Snyder. I'm just going to put that out there. It is Are a you- lot. Are you talking about slow motion? Because there's a lot of a this lot movie of slow motion. Is two hours and fifteen minutes. I think you take all the slow mo out. It's about a ninety minute piece. I'm pretty sure <laughs> we could have wrapped this up in almost half the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. But he's got <laughs> his he's got his relationship with Netflix. I believe it started with Army of the Dead, and then we got is it Army of the Dead? Yeah, the zombie one with Dave Bautista, and then he did, yeah. and then there was that spin-off or the prequel Thieves of the Dead, and he's planning this whole thing, and now he's got Rebel Moon. It seems to be, you know, having success with it. You know, it, it's hard to know with Netflix. They can tell you it's the number one movie, but what does that mean? You know, anyways, <laughs> we don't know. But he's been on a bit of a journey before. It got to Netflix. This film began development as a Star Wars film that Snyder had pitched to Lucasfilm shortly after the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012. This pitch was to be more a more mature take on the Star Wars universe, which I think we kind of are getting with the TV series now. But Disney said, no, it wasn't going to be Star Wars. And then he was looking at maybe launching this as a video game. I think Warner Brothers were potentially involved at one point. And then it was Netflix. It was going to be a TV series and then a film. So he's really stuck with it. Like, you know, 
and and the idea of this starting as a potential Star Wars film and having what look like lightsabers in this movie and having the word <laughs> rebel in the title, mm. I mean, kind of feels like Star Wars, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you could almost stick like Star Wars, Rebel Moon. I mean, like, yes. that sounds like a Star Wars movie. It sounds like, or like Rebel Moon, a Star Wars story. Are they still doing those? What? Um, I mean, like the Star Wars flavor is all over this. Like, you know, this essentially could set be set in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago, or whatever. Um, there's there's laser swords. There's you know a whole assortment of characters and different planets and you know landscapes and space pirates and ghouls and gremlins and bits and pieces you know what have you all just space variants of it there, you know there's bars and you know things but then there's cantinas yep there's cantinas yeah yeah that, about, <laughs> yes not like met there's metal poles <laughs> just floating around now there's um but i mean there's like you said like the mature take i mean Zack snyder does have his his serious moodiness to his films that he can sort of put in I kind of saw like there's a Star Wars mixed with you know like a like the Dune kind of tone and feel meshed, which is you know kind of funny in itself. Like Dune is almost like a Star Wars type film, you know, like set in a different sort of galaxy, but there's trade things happening and different empires and you know royalties and stuff like that and bloodlines and yeah. So it's like those two movies kind of blended together. You kind of get this regurgitated thing. And I was like, I can see it. It's there. Doesn't make this a good movie, though. It There's cool shit that you can do with that. And there's some nice little fight sequences and some cool little visuals and things and people swinging around their laser swords. And sometimes they have two and they're red and yeah, they're cutting <laughs> some people's limbs off. And I'm like, sweet. You know, this is this is all right. But I'm feeling like I'm losing brain cells. That's it's, um, things it's... I'm it's a new IP that feels very familiar. Like everything, yes. not everything, but most things that you're seeing is like, oh, I mean, it, it does. It can, yeah. Not just like, I mean, obviously we're talking Star Wars and stuff because of like the setting and like, you know, like weaponry and kind of like little character designs. And you've got like robot android, you know, humanoid creatures and stuff. So we're getting all of that. But when it comes down to the story, this definitely isn't something that, you know is is completely fresh and to to its credit it's not the first movie to sort of have a riff on this story you know like seven samurai um magnificent seven hell even a bug's life you know like it's it's a thing about hey look there's a group of people uh bad guys come in and kind of ruffle them up and they're like we need to outsource and bring in fighters warriors someone to help you know like let's get some gunslingers let's get some a group of trained samurais to help us. Let's get some warrior bugs who end up being circus folk. Hey, whatever. Like, it's been done. We've seen it. This movie is treated like as soon as it starts, I was like, those guys are the grasshoppers and they want their seeds. It's <laughs> okay. crazy. We've all seen and the bug's like, life. Need to find warrior. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. This is the bug's life. <laughs> you know, I do think, right? Them releasing it when they did. I mean, what was that? Was that the 22nd of December? It was the last... It was the Friday before Christmas, wasn't it? 
And I think the I timing. Watched. I watched this three days ago. What, okay. What can I say? I mean, I, I was away for Christmas, so I watched anyway. But I think that's when they released it. So I didn't watch mm. it the day that it came out. If I was here at home, I would have, but I'd gone away for Christmas. Timing is perfect. I think this movie, more people are obviously going to see it on streaming than would have if they had to go out to the movies. I think it played well at home as like a movie event. And I'm pretty sure we get part two this year. So we don't have to wait too long. It's essentially a, yeah, okay, yes, April. Yeah, so a a big movie that they're releasing in two parts. I think it works better as a movie event to watch at home. And I'm sure it's going to do well for Snyder. It's going to do well for Netflix, but... If this was on the big screen, there's no way I would have rushed out to watch it. I'd have probably waited for it to stream, maybe Netflix, I don't know, wherever it would have would have turned up. But I mean I would have I would have made a conscious effort to not go purely because what I had seen, like marketing wise and stuff, I was like, I'm just not nothing like I'm just not in tune with this. It ain't working. I mean, if you were like, look, let's let's review it or something, I'd be like, all right, and then I might be inclined that way. I mean, having said that, if I had paid for a ticket, gone in, I'm telling you right now, I probably would have walked out after about 20 minutes and asked for a refund because I think you can still do that within that time frame. (laughs) Yeah, wow. This movie did not take long for me to sit and go, oh, this is not a good movie. I'm not liking this at all. Like the visual, the opening sequence as as a thing as well, like when we first meet in, you know, uh, like you know, Cora's character and all that. I'm like the setting, the 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 look of the scene, the lighting. I was like, this looks horrid. Like it looks like they were filming in a warehouse, and then there's just like this backdrop. That's literally what it looked like. I was like, is this is a stage play. Like what's happening? That didn't stick around. Like it kind of started to look a bit better as we went on, and you know we kind of just got the more generic. Like oh look, everything CGI, fantastic, and and you know it was all fairly decent. But there were just some scenes where I'm like, oh, these these shots just visually don't look good. The like the the acting is not great. It's not horrendous, but it's not great, and it's not helped by the dialogue is atrocious in this movie. Like it it's almost like this was written by. I know people are like saying it's a, it's a cool thing to say, but it's like if there was a movie written by AI, I feel like this is it. It was like someone typed in. Write a space opera film similar to like Seven Samurai or whatever, and just spit out something. And that's what we got. It was just such generic, boring, dry dialogue with very poor delivery of stuff. And every time we met a new character, it was like the movie came to a halt and we got these dreary. Suddenly, everyone started talking like, I'm going to be the most epic narrator ever and give you yeah. a 10 minute exposition dump. And I was like, this movie needs to stop this bullshit. Well, the movie was <laughs> you're saying it's horrid. You're saying it needs to stop the bullshit. This movie, I mean, you're right, it is. It's stop start. The movie is yeah. stop start. Before I press play on this movie, I went in thinking Snyder is a visual storyteller. And again, he does like his slow mo and you know, those dream sequences <laughs> in. You know, sucker punch. Uh, he, you know, he didn't do it too much with his DC work, but he did do it, and and he really does it. He does it here, so he kind of is what I thought it was going to be. To be honest, so it's like 
I, I, wasn't, I wasn't overly I would, disappointed because it's pretty much <laughs> the movie that prepared. I thought that Snyder was going to make. And the cast, you know, yay, the clunky dialogue. Uh, Sophia Butella is Cora, you know. I, f- I first noticed her in the first Kingsman movie, again in The Mummy. I'm sure she's done some smaller movies as well but i feel like she's done better she's done better than this i know that, but it's look, like everyone gets a bad day but she's not great in this a lot of these characters are tropes and she, and she's doing that thing where is she looks unassuming she's got this background and she's a capable fighter and i don't know it's kind of oh, okay so you just you find like you you kind of know what's going to happen and then it happens uh uh, Damon Hunsu, I think he is really good. Like he's really good. He's consistently been good. He's across his he's career. Probably the he's probably the best that this movie has. He's not always <laughs> been in the best projects, but he's always he's somebody that I think should be bigger than he is. Like he should be yeah. able to carry a movie, but he always seems to pop up and you know holds his own. But he's not always in the best films, I guess, like this one. But he's, he, always, he, he's just in smaller roles, like supporting roles. He is, like he's, the Wizard Kazam. Yeah. And I don't know, like he, he, he can do things, but he's playing the character Titus here, a former general. Uh, you know that he can fight. You're just waiting for, you're waiting for that moment. You know, we can go through everybody that just pops up in this movie. And there's, you know, people that have worked with Snyder before, like Ray Fisher, who was his cyborg in the Justice League movie. Um, he's uh, Darian Bloodaxe, a warrior, and Deborah's brother, recruited by Chorus. He's one of the guys that's along for the mission. Charlie Hunnam as Kai, a mercenary and starship pilot hired for Cora. Now... Charlie Hunnam for me. I'm going back to the undeclared TV series, the follow-up that Judd Apatow and Paul Feig did after Freaks and Geeks. He did Green Street Hooligans with Elijah Wood. He did Sons of Anarchy. So I've got a history, I feel, with Charlie Hunnam, and I've liked a lot of his work over the years. Most recently in The Gentleman, the Guy Ritchie movie. was fantastic in that. This... Irish? Really? I'm like, is that what he's doing? <laughs> like, holy shit. I'm, like, I'll be honest. Did not expect him to die. It really caught me by surprise, but his accent in this, and I watched it with a wife who was a big Sons of Anarchy Jacks fan, and we both turned to each other like, why is he doing that accent? Like, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, and he's not in Ireland. Who made that choice? Who made that choice? <laughs> It's like, is do you know what I mean? Like if right, if they cast an Irish actor and they were just speaking with their accent, okay, that's it's a choice, but okay, that that's fine. But when you've got an actor, and I'm pretty sure he's from Newcastle, you've got an actor. He's like, do you know what? And I feel like getting Charlie Hunnam in this movie. I think it's him that has said. I want to play it out. <laughs> and they've gone, well, you know, we're just grateful that you're doing our movie. So, okay. It's just sure. it's a weird choice. Sometimes, it, like you said, like, it's softened what, a bit. But when he first appeared, it was awful. But it's like you've got this, you've got this tribe of people on this planet. It's just like, 
why? Like, why is there this particular? Because obviously, it's not it's not an Irish accent, is it? It's just an accent that this particular character has in this movie, in this universe, on this planet. It's not an Irish accent. It's not from Ireland. It's just the way he's. But why is that accent like that? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's come like, on. like this. Oh, what's going on? Come on, Charlie. <laughs> just be a Geordie. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, and then, you know, he betrayed them and he dies. And, and this is part one, you know, we're getting part two, as you say, in April, and we're no doubt going to get more of these. There's a comic I think, tie-in coming. So I think the really biggest count, tease for part two, a big thing. which I think, I think most people would be like, oh, well, at least we're getting that. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is the voice of, of Jimmy, <laughs> like the robot. You know, like you see him at the start of the movie, like early on, then you don't. And then he comes back at the very end and it's like, what the hell is he wearing? Um, but it's like, all right, cool. He's like the last sort of addition to like the warrior troop that they've got going. So I was like, all right, cool. He's gonna he's got a part to play in the next movie. I think that's like the only tease. It's like, okay. And he's got the all antlers right. at the end. Let me share this with That's you. That's what it is. Yeah, he was just... I was like, what the, what, what the F was he wearing? When when they announced the cast for this film, he was the one that made me laugh. Because I'm like, really? And he's playing... He's playing a machine? Like, he's playing... I mean, I guess we, we're, I mean, not saying, look, we're not saying droid, are we? But he's, play, he's playing... Why? He's a robot guy. He's the he's robot playing guy. a robot. And I'm like, oh, that is ridiculous. He was making me think of that Transformers movie. What was it? Last yeah, Night? Last night. Oh, that was yeah, the worst one. And it well, is in that. Look, you go to Anthony Hopkins and you're like, hey, look, would you like some money? And he goes, yes, I would like some money. And he's like, cool. You only need to, like, come in for a day and read some lines. Or do you know what? We can set you up. We can record you at home even. We've got that technology. Would you like some money? Yes, I would like some money. <laughs> like, hey, the man's got to do it. I don't blame him. But again, I scoffed at the idea of him being in this film. As I'm watching it, very quickly, I might add, him as the voice of Jimmy, the last member of a race of mechanical knights, I'm like, you know what? I'm liking it. I'm really... (laughs) really As a concept, I'm like... Yeah, it's it's working for me. But as you say, it disappears. Because you've got Cora, and the whole thing with Jimmy is that He's he's the last of his kind, and he no longer fights because the royals that he protected are no longer there. So I'm like watching it. The first like, opening moments of the movie is Cora. Is that who Cora's going to be? And somehow he's going to kick into gear and start fighting. But then you, she's got her backstory, and then you wait the whole movie. And as you said. Not a short movie. Two hours, 15 minutes. You get to the end of the movie, and now Hopkins is wearing antlers, and you're like, oh, okay. So we've got something, yeah. we've got something more to come. Yeah, back, I, really, but, uh... I really liked him in this, but it's interesting, right? So they were able to cast Sir Anthony Hopkins in this role, but I'm like, but who else did they consider before Sir Anthony Hopkins? Sir Ian McCallan. Sir Patrick Stewart. They were going through all the sirs. They they were considering Liam Neeson, Morgan Freeman, Anthony Daniels. You can't cast Anthony Daniels. He's C three PO. That's too confusing. No, that's too, but that's apparently, 
his name was considered. <laughs> he was he was in the mix. But I think it was part of the conversation. It was about, yeah. I think Hopkins is great because he's such an animated performer. So even though you've got this mechanical knight, you can see you, you in your mind you can see Hopkins acting out these scenes. You know that he's not just well, standing with a mic. Yeah. Stationary with a piece of paper. He's been. Oh, you reckon when he was recording, yeah. he was like moving around and stuff. He's no. doing the actions. He's clenching his fists. He's yelling. <laughs> I don't know. I think they I... were clearly they were clearly going for someone, a voice. You know, like the names like Liam Neeson, Morgan Freeman. They were going for someone who it's like ah a voice. You know, and and Anthony Hopkins. Like how many times has Anthony Hopkins narrated something? It's like yeah. They... The Grinch. The, I watched that. Grinch. <laughs> he did the Grinch, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's like because he got a nice voice. So yeah, and like yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. But look, the fact that we've talked about Anthony Hopkins for this long on top of any other character like speaks volumes. I mean, Jimmy, you know to be fair, is my favorite character. We've not actually talked about one of the main villains in this. No, he gives a shit. I don't care. Ayrton. I don't want to talk about him. Atticus uh, Noble, an admiral. <laughs> <laughs> is a right hand man to the big bad played by I want to get the pron- pronunciation right for his surname is it Ed Screen or Ed Screen I you know what pick one of them do it with confidence and uh, one of them. hope for the best either of them work <laughs> we mainly I guess know him from Deadpool the first Deadpool movie he was he was in oh, that that's who Ajax sure. Ajax and then he, he took over from Statham in they did a transport a prequel movie, Refueled. So that that's where I know him from. I mean, in this is fine. I was getting a little bit Star Wars, a little bit Nazis from Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean that's Vibe. that's it, and it's the uniform and like obviously the the way the way that those characters arrive and sort of are just like you know. Well, we're business. Let's uh, let's get this done. Yeah, it's very dictatorship-like, and uh, you know the Third Reich kind of um, formalities to it. Yeah, it's all it's all there, and it's all and again, it's those drawbacks to to Star Wars and the influences that Star Wars had. And oh, I don't know, it's it's nutty. It's all that's why I'm like, it's like we've seen this stuff before. We have. I was even yeah. getting a bit of Avatar. You know the whole thing with Jake Sully. He needs to bond with that dragon thing that he was flying. You know, and he puts his ponytail into its whatever. Mm. You know, that whole thing, and then you've got the character. Very right. Very right. <laughs> and then you've got the character <laughs> in this that has he can he can connect with creatures. And that's like a whole thing. But again, it's that whole stop-start part of the movie where characters almost... You can have like a big fight scene and not everybody is in it. Some people are on the sidelines and they're kind of just waiting. You're like, what? what is this, a wrestling match? Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. we respect the fight. We stay back and <sighs> let it happen. Uh, yeah. No, like... Like over as you're watching this, like and and it comes down to having this huge pacing problem. Like we're already dealing with a long movie, but it's like this movie doesn't feel short or fast paced. There's a lot of fast paced stuff happening, but then it keeps it's so choppy 
and it stops start. Then you get these real slow exposition dumps that just drag out the runtime. And it's just, oh man, like the pacing is just, it's too erratically different and all over the place. It breaks everything. It kind of makes everything feel like just a bunch of sequences just slapped together. Like, I'm like, I got about halfway through this movie and I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm following a story anymore. Like they're just scenes and sequences and people just talking nonsense. <laughs> like, honestly, I was like, like, I mean, I get there's an overall story. They, they, they're going out and meeting and gathering these other characters to join them. But that's pretty much it. That's the, there's a lot of mythology that they're diving into, but it's all just coming out like gobbledygook because I'm like, none of this is feeling real it's it's so choppy and it's edited so horrendously this is a bad movie it is a bad bad movie it's so bad (laughs) yeah out of curiosity right because again it's hard to tell with streaming you know how well a movie Mm. is doing but you can still turn to places like rotten tomatoes okay so you know looking at you know critics audiences the critic score at the moment is twenty three percent. Right, that means twenty three percent of critics actually gave this a positive score. So good for them. They're all crazy. No, it's they're entitled to their opinion. Well, actually, What's the you know, audience. Well, this is the thing, right? So I'm going down. Okay, so the the average is twenty three percent from critics, but that is one hundred and sixty four reviews. Hmm. Which obviously that's going to you know have a play on that audience score fifty nine percent. Yeah, I mean I'm going to say what, right. We're not even talking about the movie anymore. We're looking at statistics. I think we are. How there. many? How many reviews? <laughs> how many reviews on the audience scores? I, mean, I have a theory. <laughs> of the audience score, uh, that's a good question. Oh no, no, no. It's, it's over over five over five thousand. So I don't know. It's you want to know? Okay. That is cra- That is insane. Do you know a fun fact about Rotten Tomatoes? When you do a review, right, for cinematically released movies, they need to be authorised reviews. So you need to prove that you've, you know, through like Fandango or whatever, like purchased a ticket. Obviously, it's hard in Australia to do that, but more so for the States. So they need to be, and that, that way you get verified audience scores. Yep. There isn't something in place for streaming movies. Literally anyone can do a review. You don't even have to have watched the movie. 5,000 reviews is too many. It's That's no, not normal. It's no secret that, that Zack Snyder has a particular fan base. That's not his <laughs> whole fan base, but he's got a yeah. particular section of his fan base that are pretty hardcore. Uh, it, it started with his <laughs> DC work, <laughs> and no, it but... may be carried over. But, yeah, that, there's a bit of a difference there, isn't there? So 59% audience score, 23% Rotten Tomatoes on the back of 164 critic reviews. But, again, we're talking statistics, not the actual movie. I think we should probably rate it and just not talk about <laughs> Rebel Moon again until April when we no doubt review part two. Got it all to look forward to. See, if you're going to rate this movie out of five. All right. Um. Look, there are some sequences of some pretty decent visual things, as you would expect with Zack Snyder. Again, overall, even as a visual feast, I don't think this movie is that. Like, Sucker Punch, garbage movie with a stupid story, but visually, 
beautiful artistically. I'm like, wow, visual art, mate. Like this movie isn't even that. There's some glimmers of like cool little visual feast of a moment, but there's also some real crummy, just like this uh, again, just like this isn't made well or put together, but only for those positive things warrants me from giving it a one. Um, but nothing else. One out of five. This is, like I said, this is a badly made movie from everything from performances, dialogue, the story, the editing, the pacing, the majority of the visuals, um, and then just general just just general boredom because it's like I'm not feeling like I'm seeing anything new. This is frankly, Jed, this is an awful movie. One out of five. I'm curious what the the budget would have been on this movie because that's another thing with I think it was joint streaming it was part two though right okay but they don't always let us know what that is though they don't always let you know what they've spent on something so it's hard to really really gauge do a quick Wikipedia search because I mean have a quick have a quick look but. I've found uh, often 100, 166 million, oh. and that's shared with part two, the sky. Right. That's so, it. I mean, thing. right. Wow. I mean, if you, if that's for two movies and you're factoring in the cast as well, and um, yeah, okay, okay. But when you're saying, you know, visually it looks like it's a soundstage, it makes me think, I mean, Robert Rodriguez, he famously can do a lot with very little. And there's a charm yeah. to his work. And that's not here. That's no, really there's no charm. There. there is no charm. No. I think yeah. I would have had a very different experience if I'd paid to see this at the movies. I've never walked out of a film, even if I've not liked it. So I've never like done the whole within 20 <laughs> minutes walk out. So I've never walked out, but I probably would have been fairly disgruntled if I walked out this movie. <laughs> you would have really thought about, about it, though. Oh, it about like, cool. I went to the movies. I watched the thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, again, I do still like the idea of getting to watch this as a movie event at home as like, you know, it's like a blockbuster at home, but it's also Star Wars, but not as good. And oh, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely not going to come in at a one. I think that's really, really low. Do you know what? I'm going to come in at a two out of five. When I think back to this movie, what bothers me most is Charlie Hunnam's Irish accent, if I'm honest. It really grated me, and I didn't <laughs> see the point. Sure, that's always fun. I think it looks fine. <laughs> in fact, do you know what? I'm going to come in at a two, but that second star is for Jimmy, the mechanical knight, and the <laughs> performance we're getting from Anthony Hopkins. It's fun. We're going to see that character again. He's once again going to kick ass. He's going to, I don't know. We're, we're going to see something happen with, with Jimmy. So let's um, let's just think about that. Something to look forward to in April. But yeah, two, two out of five. And, you know, there's a lot of buzz for this movie to be fair, and Netflix are like, number one movie on Netflix in the world. Okay, Netflix, that's great, I guess. So <laughs> people, so many people watch this for at least five minutes or something, whatever it counts as their hey, view. That's a good uh, point. It's probably, it's probably not even five minutes. It's probably like a I think that's generous. 
yeah, I, <laughs> five minutes will be generous. You know, you clicked on it. Yeah, watched yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's like you know, you go to nightclubs and you got the doorman and they've got the clicker. You just like count. You know who's going in, who's going out. And if you kind of like walk in, but you change your mind, you go back out. They've already clicked. They're counting you they're as somebody. They're not undoing. Yeah, they're not doing the click outs. They're just doing the click. Exactly in. right. You entered the venue. <laughs> my wife. My wife went to bed. She was like, no. Nah. She was like, I'm out. <laughs> She went to bed. She actually got up at some point, came back, and she was like, "Why are you still watching this?" <laughs> I was like, "I gotta do it. I gotta." Exactly go. right. Yeah, but it. it was a fair question, and yeah, man. Like, I you think you think one was too? I think one was too generous. <laughs> Five, oh, really? Wow. Like this is a this is a terrible movie. Uh, look forward to our year in review because. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I again, might come up again <laughs> when <laughs> rating movies out of five, which obviously, you know, we always have done like for me, a three is a recommend anything above a three is a recommend. I'm coming at a two. So I, this is not a movie that I'm recommending. Um, but yeah, two out of five. I'll, I'll stick with that. All right. Uh, well, that's it for our review of. I'll do the full title here, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, because that means there's a threat of the second part coming out. Um, if you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Wonka and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.